So what's up guys? If you're hearing this, this means that I have completely deleted every single episode from my podcast page. I had anything to do with Embrace Black and I've completely shifted away from actually focusing heavily on that one very niche topic. Though I enjoyed it very much, I think that it didn't really properly represent who I was fully and I was not able to continue to create content that felt very manicured. I'm a very unmanicured person. I'm a very honest, realistic, and blunt person. And I think that it's hard for me to manifest energy that is so niche in the sense of designing something to be a particular way. Um, I like the spontaneity of just opening this app and literally recording whatever it is the hell I want to say and saying it authentically without any kind of edit or second thought or anything like that. And I felt like with Embrace, I really put myself in this box to just be observed in a very particular fashion. Um, I met a lot of really cool people, people that I actually still talk to, people that um, taught me a lot about myself. And from the time that I even started Embrace, that Lord, that was 2017. I was, I don't even know how old I was at that point. Was I even 30? I think maybe I was turning 30. It's 2023 now. I am 36 years old. God willing, uh, he allows for me to see 37 in May. But a lot of stuff has changed. I've went through a huge life transformation. Um, physically, mentally, emotionally. And I think when we shift in ways that uh, fine tune us to maybe a different station, I think we um, we owe it to ourselves to let people know about that. We owe it to ourselves to be truthful about that. There's so many people in our lives that uh, fashion a lens upon us and they see us through this very particular perspective however they met us and whatever we were doing at that point in time in our life that's how they view us and that is how they create an understanding of who we are and how we're going to show up uh, when they encounter us right so I I don't really believe that I, I want to maintain that level of um, hierarchy with people anymore it's hard it's hard sometimes you know one of the biggest things that I despise um, about going home to my hometown and if you moved away from where you grew up you you might feel the same way that I feel running into people that knew me back then right running into people that knew me back back when running into people that don't really know me because they knew my mom or my dad or you know maybe they came across me in school or they're best friends with one of my aunts or whatever the case right but never having really truly encountered me in this particular stage of my life that should be wild sometimes right it'd be crazy but I think that all of these thoughts that I consistently have 
regarding how I am wisely growing into whomever God is is going to uh, would have for me to be right. Whoever God would have for me to be, I continue to wisely grow in that direction and I fully accept it. Um, it's my divine pathway, I believe fully in divinity of pathway in life and that everything that's to be mine will definitely be mine to honor that. I have to be able to be malleable and continue to, to see beyond whatever perspective I'm currently, uh, really cementing myself in right so I decided to get rid of the embrace black podcast specifically because of that and shift my narrative to just vibing right to just vibing so this is why the title of this podcast is now called vibe with Dees Kelly Dees if you had no knowledge of embrace black podcast before this I am your host Kelly Dees and this is where I ask for you to come along and vibe with me Whatever frequency I'm on, just vibe with me, you know? Like, we're not going to specifically be talking about this. We're not going to specifically be talking about that. All we're going to be doing is examining me from a perspective of whatever the mood is that I'm in within that moment, y'all. Like, true, real real talk, real shit. Don't come over here thinking that, you know, you're going to get something very particular. You're just going to get me. And in a way, you know what? That is particular. Getting me in whatever fashion that I present myself. Um, those are going to be the particulars of, of vibing with me, of vibing with Dees, right? Um, so that's my intro. I tried to get it into five minutes. I saw five minutes coming and I was like, wrap that shit up. Wrap that shit up. Go on and throw that conclusion in there. But we a little over and that's fine, right? It's all good. First episode is going to be coming now. What's up, y'all? Kelly Dees from Vibe with Dees here. Are you looking for a lucrative side hustle where you can create your own schedule, get out on these streets and do what you want to do, when you want to do, how you want to do it, how often you want to do it? Try DoorDash. Become a DoorDash driver and earn up to $25 an hour on these streets, driving around, delivering stuff for people. Complete 290 deliveries in 60 days and you get a $600 to $800 bonus, y'all. Who can beat that? You make your own schedule, you do what you wanna do, when you wanna do it, and you get paid. Don't let this money sit out here on these streets. We got 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, and money is all around us. So go get yours, because I definitely get mine. Follow the link on the audio, and go DoorDash today. Okay, y'all, so first episode of Vibe with Dees. Today is February 13th, 2023. We made it, y'all. We made it through COVID. We made it through being locked up in the house. We made it through anxiety and depression and a lot of other things. You know, I, I know a lot of us have dealt with personally, me, death. I recently had another family member pass away, not from COVID, from something else. But just the reality of like, yo, 
people going away from here. It's a heavy feeling. It's a heavy feeling. And especially uh, this particular person was only a month older than me. So 36 years old she was. And uh, rest up, cuz. Love you. I know that you are in a much better place than a lot of us are right now here on Earth. But anyway, it's, it's the 13th of February. Tomorrow's the 14th. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Tomorrow people are going to profess, confess, whatever you want to say, got fess in it. They love for a person. Maybe it's not, you know, intimate love. Maybe it's agape love. That's a thing. Maybe you're a puppy parent and you got some family dog love going on. You know, whatever the case may be, however you celebrate, just don't take away somebody's happiness. A lot of people don't really understand and they call uh, Valentine's Day like the candy company holiday. Um, and that's cool. It's fine. You know, we all get that. We all heard that. But just don't fuck it up for nobody else, right? Don't mess it up for nobody else, y'all. So guys, I struggle heavily from anxiety and I think the biggest trigger for my anxiety and don't judge me don't judge me I'm saying this beforehand don't judge me is cleaning I don't know if y'all can hear that clicking in the background that's my washer washing my dog's beds right now I am a heavy 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 anxiety ridden person when it comes to cleaning up for whatever reason I've never and this goes back to like being a young kid never liked to clean y'all like that shit blows my life folding clothes the biggest blow of my life the biggest blow of my life right now upstairs in my guest bedroom I have a bed full of clean clothes that I am going to need to fold and put away today And I'm cleaning the rest of my house, doing some decluttering. And it just takes me like a lot of time to do y'all. I have no idea um, why, but this weekend I had like a whole plan. I set up a plan for myself, y'all. I was gonna clean Friday after work, my like uh, living room area. I have a pretty small house for um, a single family home Uh, and but it's still big. It's still big for me. Like, like for me, if I really could have one of those teeny houses that, you know, be looking like matchbox cars from the outside, you like, how is anybody living in a house? That would probably be my house had I really thought this through, right? But when I bought this house, y'all, I was thinking about my grandmama, my aunts, my nephews, all these other people, and my dog, the biggest person that I was considering and yes I called him a person y'all I did I called him a whole person was my dog Oliver I said to myself he needs a yard he needs somewhere that he can go and just be himself and run around and the biggest thing I don't gotta take him to the bathroom y'all I don't gotta walk him he walk himself outside in the backyard that's how I grew up we didn't grow up walking dogs I had dogs when I was young and we had a big yard and that's what we did we let our dog out he went he did everything that he needed to do and when he was done with his business mind you i was also taking care of my business while he was doing his business he would come back and let me know so that's kind of where my mind was when i was thinking about buying a house 
and uh, it, it wasn't on the cleaning aspect of having a home at all. Not one point, not one ounce, ounce or inkling of getting this house or any house at that point was on what the hell I got to do to maintain its cleanliness, right, guys? I'm not a dirty person. I'm not a nasty person. I do make sure that it is clean, that it smells good, that it doesn't have a bunch of nastiness all around. I have dogs. They do shed. I sweep a lot. Guys, but it's anxiety, heavy, high key, highest level of anxiety for me. And so I spent Saturday and Sunday um, boohooing through that. Ain't do shit, y'all. I cried. I did cry because I needed to. Apparently, I needed to cry about cleaning the house. Um, But I woke up this morning with a renewed spirit inside of me. I think that was the Lord, you know, asking him to put within me the spirit of cleanliness. (laughs) Not cleanliness. Let me correct that. The spirit of tidiness, shall I say. Um, And so I woke up with like this reverent, reverent, as they say desire to clean and I've been doing it y'all mind you it's my work day I work from home now COVID bless up thank you Lord has allowed for me to one second y'all Alexa is doing some crazy shit she done turned on the music y'all Let's, we gotta stop this. Hold on, y'all. This is what I'm talking about. Vibing with me. This is what it means. Alexa, stop it. She was tripping, y'all. See, look. I told y'all we. This is not. We ain't editing that out. I ain't gonna edit that out. That's just what happened in the middle of me doing this, y'all. So just laugh it up. You know you gotta put these babies on mute sometimes because they be listening to everything you do, say everything. They be listening. But that's what I'm doing today, guys. Um, I didn't get on here to talk about that for real. I got on here uh, because I listened earlier. We all we all know. Well, I don't want to say we all know. Uh, my assumption is that we are all aware of the tragedy that happened in um, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Tyree Nichols, the very unfortunate beating um brutal beatings shall I add of of him making his way home to his mama house I'm um, just minding his business right got stopped over got pulled over by some brothers uh in blue I say brothers in blue and I and I mean that uh very specifically black brothers you know if if you are of uh melan- melanated origin <laughs> That's the first thing that came to me. If you're a melanated origin, if I call you brother and, and you call me sister, we're doing that for a reason. It's because we're black, right? So when I say bro, he got pulled over by the brothers in blue, he got pulled over by black men who are cops. And um, the situation escalated, um, not because of anything that he did. You know, I personally, it's my opinion anything that he did to provoke that uh but it unfortunately ended with his his passing and we've been dealing with you know this reality this 
very sad existence in this country for quite some time. I know a lot of people, they, they go back to um, Trayvon Martin. Um, and happy birthday to Trayvon. I, I uh, saw the other day that it, I believe January would have been, or it's either it's either late January. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Late January. Don't do it, Ollie. Don't do it. This is what, look, I'm telling you, vibing with me, this is what y'all gonna get. Come over here. Come over here. Oliver, come over here and you get up here. You get up here and you lay down with Emmy. All right, y'all. Um, unedited. I told y'all it's gonna be unedited. His birthday, 28th birthday, 28th birthday would have been either late January or early February. So happy heavenly birthday to Trayvon Martin. Um, but I know that a lot of us associate this very like directed, um, head hunting scenario with our black men and women with that situation that happened with Trayvon. But the truth is, is that we've been hunted since, you know, the times of slavery, since the 1600s, truly. And even before then, we, we were literally hunted. Our ancestors were hunted down by other black people that had the same skin color as them. I was speaking to one of my cousins the other day and I had to educate her, uh, not because she doesn't understand but sometimes people you know they they lump a lot of stuff together right but in conversing with her and fellowshipping with her um put her on to the reality that you know Africa's a whole continent I think sometimes we'd be forgetting that as black people that the continent of Africa is a thing and that within the continent of Africa there are countries and these countries have people in them that might look the same, that might breathe the same air, that might have the same skin tone, hair color, eye color. But the truth is they come from very different tribal, if we're talking tribal um, circumstances and situations, different families. Some of their people might not like these other people. And that was a reality back then when our um, ancestors, and when I say our, I mean african-americans that you don't you don't have a trace back to africa i'm not talking about first generation african-americans whose parents came over to africa i'm talking about people that you know i know my peoples were slaves you know i know that they were captured and a lot of them were captured by opposing african tribes you know and they were sold off to the Europeans for, you know, guns, sugar, rice, what have you, whatever it is that they got from the Europeans, whatever they felt like, you know, was worthy of them going in, um, getting these, these Africans from their, uh, rivalry tribes. They did that, right? So we got our brother fast forward to 2023. We got our brother here, um, Tyree and he is brutally beaten. We we see the videos now. They the police have put them out there a couple of weeks ago. I watched all the videos that I could could see and I think out of 
every single video that I've seen of every person that has encountered a a police brutality, this was probably the saddest. And for me, it wasn't the saddest because they were brothers, quote unquote, that brothers beating up another brother. It's because this shit was a gang ass, like depicted jumping. To me, I was watching like, you know, Menace to Society or Boys in the Hood. And I'm watching these scenes. I didn't seen these two particular movies hundreds of times at this point in my life. I felt like I was watching one of those movies, right? And in my mind, I'm like, yo, that's, that's like, that's some makeup. That's prosthetics. Like, you know, he all right. You know, they gonna cut. They gonna say cut. They gonna clap that board. And he gonna get up and he gonna get, go get himself uh, a soda. Or he gonna get himself a cheeseburger. And they gonna come back and they gonna vibe and be like, yeah, you know, homie, actually, uh, how about you you kick me, you know, with your left foot this time? Because if you kick me with your left foot, I, I can spit out the little bit of blood in the, in the you know, the food coloring and water blood that I got in my mouth, right, on this ground. But the reality is, y'all. The reality is that was not the case. That was real. And in understanding that that was real, it's just, it felt so just violently disrespectful on so many levels. And then to hear him, I counted it three times, to hear him scream mom 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 I was in the military for 10 years I never saw the front line um praise God thank thank the Lord I never saw the front line but I do have friends that did and in my own way I do suffer from PTSD from things that I had to see and witness when I was deployed um for operation uh, Iraqi freedom freedom and enduring freedom and uh to my fellow comrades, whether that be Army, Navy, Air Force, that had to go over and they experienced firsthand their uh, shipmates or their, their, their uh, sailors or, excuse me, not sailors, their soldiers being killed. One of the things that they tell you that you might hear is them calling out for their mothers, right? Um, mama's our first love, you know? nurtured us, carried us, created us in the womb, gave us life, fed us, you know, whether that be from her own body or, or the means of feeding us, but fed us, clothed us, loved us, kissed us, bathed us, taught us how to be men and women and to move in society. And um, three times, three times he called out to his mother, mom, mom, mom. And not once, not once, did any of those brothers, quote unquote, hear him say that and think to themselves, damn, my homie's hurting. Let me stop this. This is crazy. Let me stop this. My homie's hurting. Not once. And so for me, that is like the the cup running over. My cup runneth over after the third time that he called his mama and they still kept stomping him and kicking him in the face and punching him and walking around as if they were lions that just 
downs an antelope or a, ze a zebra or a zebra, you know, that they just downed this animal and this animal was here. And then they dragged his body, y'all. They dragged his body up against the police car. I don't even know if it was a police car at this point, y'all. They dragged his body up against the car and spotlighted his ass. Our, our brother Tyree, they spotlighted him. And he sat there. And he sat there. And we can't fathom what might have been going through his mind. If he had the cognition to even understand what, what really happened to him. But my thought is that he was probably just thinking about his mom. Like, for real, he was probably just thinking about his mother. And um, that's sad. That is truly very sad. Um, there's been some talk. It's come out that they believe that maybe one of the officers, I forgot which one, one of the officers may have had some kind of a connection to him through an ex ex girlfriend, ex fiance, something of the sort. Kind of that was the the narrative that was being pushed out into the atmosphere. Not sure whether that is true. I'm not here to say whether or not it is. But if if that were the case, that's premeditated, right? That goes beyond. I was doing my job and um, saw this man, and something escalated. That goes to he was in my territory and I didn't want him to be. And so I found it and took it upon myself to remove him. Crazy, guys. It's insane, you know, um, what to do, how to act, where to be and how to live. Like, like what does life look like for you on a daily basis? As a black woman, for me, um, my consciousness of cops, of people that don't look like me. Um, and it's sad to say that because I know a lot of people that don't look like me. And when I say that, I do mean um, non-melanated people, um, specifically non-black people, because there are melanated people that I sometimes stereotypically um, don't gravitate toward. I'm working on myself, y'all. Um, it's rough to live in this world and not have some sort of stigma that you've grasped onto, whether you think it's for safety purposes or not. Um, we all got one or two things that hold us back from other things. And I'm working on myself in that, in that respect, y'all. Um, but what does it mean, yo, to, to move in this world? Tyree was a skateboarder. I'm a skateboarder, y'all. I grew up skateboarding. I, I grew up biking, BMXing with my friends. Like, that was something that I did. Traveled. He loved to travel. I just came back from Europe. I love traveling. Like, to think, you know, that this human being, this man, just called out three times to his mother and nobody thought to ask are you okay? What's wrong? What's going on? Let me stop this. We all, you know, are calling for justice for our brother Tyree. And uh, justice in the sense of what 
could happen to these five men. It's actually been more people as well. Five black men that were initially at the scene. And I believe a couple of paramedics and another individual um, are involved in it now. So about a total of eight people, right? And I'm sure they might find more, you know. Um, it's It's hard to say, you know, what justice looks like. Does justice look like? you know, putting these men away for the rest of their lives. Um, How do we incorporate forgiveness and justice? Uh, Forgiveness is um, self-propelled. We have to learn how to forgive people and we have to do it at our own, um, on our own accord, at our own timing. But how can we help the system initiate um, just plant that seed that mustard seed if we'll if we'll say that that mustard seed of forgiveness within these individuals right within the family members uh the mother and father brothers sisters the children that someday um i believe tyree had a son or a daughter what he or she is going to have to ask themselves about what they feel regarding you know the death of their father you know and the gruesome way in which he died having access to see that and to visually experience that you know like that's a big thing guys it's a big thing it's something that we have to cascade across the years to come how are we to create an environment where forgiveness is put to the forefront of of justice and uh, creating opportunity to see really truly how we're going to reorganize um, this system of oppression in America. It's rough, y'all. It's rough. For far too long, uh, we as Black people have uh, just suffered. We've suffered so much. So much. Um I just told you guys the other day, I was talking to one of my cousins and uh, she happens to be my cousin through my uh, maternal side. And uh, I'll say this, I'm going to do an episode on it. A lot of people never believe me, but I have ancestral relation to Harriet Tubman, whose um, birth name was Arminta Ross. That side of my family, my maternal side of my family, my grandmother Uh, My grandmother's ancestors are relatives of Harriet Tubman. And so in going through and trying to access, you know, this connection, one of my cousins reached out to me because I believe it's it's my calling to take over um, family ancestry for my particular branch. I have another cousin, Michael, who is in charge of uh, another branch of of that side. And our eldest cousin, um, she's the family historian. I'm learning from from her. I need to learn from her all the things that I can push, you know, our our lineage into the next generation and feed these these children, nurture these children with the the knowledge of who they who they are and where they came from. But this particular cousin, um, she was asking some questions about that and she will she was like what's the connection what's the connection I really want to know and I've only gotten far enough back to connect us to 
our great, great, great grandfather who was born in 1852, which if you know anything about slavery, 1865 was the Emancipation Proclamation when it was declared by Abraham Lincoln that we were, black people were no longer going to be slaves, we're no longer going to be chattel, we're no longer going to work freely um, and get beaten and all these just horrible things. Um, It was over, right? It was done, right? They couldn't do that to us anymore. Um, He was born in 1852, guys. He was a slave for 13 years of his life. That was 134 years before I was born. 134 years. That is not a long time at all. It's not a long time. We're not so far removed. Um, But it was baffling to her and I, that connection that we made, you know, and wanting to know all about him and like his, who were his parents. That's my next stop. I'm going to do a whole genealogy series, guys, uh, because I think it's important for black people to know how to access this information. We see it in um, uh, Henry Gates, um, who has established this kind of connection with a lot of people um, regarding how do we access our ancestry? How do we go back through the books? Because they kept books, right? We were literally, we were literally um, considered aligned with cattle, right, guys? Crazy. Um, but how do we access all that? I'm going to do a series on that. I don't want to get too deep into it because the the topic really truly is um, how all of the things that we are experiencing did not start with Trayvon and how and when and at what pace do we have to um, locally digest forgiveness, right? We, we want to do everything on such an amassed level, this huge and very large, um, you know, we want justice level, this, this Black Lives Matter movement that we had, right? It, it was great in the sense that it, it truly allowed for our voices to be projected, right? This is something that cascaded the shores of America, the borders of our country, and, and went into Europe and into Africa and into all these other places, right? But how do we create local, honest change? What do we do in our own front yards to promote proper policing of not just black people, but, but Latina people, but Asian people, but Filipinos, but all of these people that do not look like the, you know, founding father majority light white people, right? How do we do that? And I know there might be some white people listening to this, so please don't believe that I have any hatred toward you. I don't. Not any whatsoever. I I just wish that you guys would speak up a little more. I think that's my biggest thing. And I will give it to some. There are tons of white people that are speaking out in a way... Um, and have been for years since, you know, the civil rights movement. And I'm sure beyond then, I was also talking to my cousin about, you know, all of the Quakers and the liberators that helped us 
to formulate and create this underground railroad of transient uh, possibilities for black black people to not be slaves anymore. You know what that looked like, how we had to, you know, create bonds with people that didn't look like us, you know, that didn't agree with what was happening. Um, so you guys have always been a part of helping us to get beyond this, right? And maybe I don't feel like I'm so far-fetched to say that you guys probably are actually the first step, right? Um, but what's that look like, guys? And how are we going to create a platform to propel that in our local communities? I'm thinking right now to myself, and I've been thinking about it since the Tyree um, incident happened, what, what and how can I get involved in um, understanding you know, local policing. And uh, my biggest thing right now is to create tools, to create classes, to create um, access to knowledge. Because the biggest thing that I see happening to all of our uh, Black brothers and sisters is that they, they haven't been properly educated with this information, with understanding the process of uh a traffic stop what that looks like from the perspective of the officer and what is the expectation of you as the citizen getting stopped um what are the regulations what are the articles what are the things that they're quoting to you what how can you use those things what 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 are the access points that you have to them have you printed them out are they literally in your car that you can pull them out and say sir or ma'am what about this particular article i'm asking so that i could have knowledge are you are you speaking on this and if it is an officer that comes to us that is respectful that does do their jobs because guys there are people out there that do their jobs there are officers men and women that have decided to be actual true public servants to us that are out here to help and protect us and to police in a way that's positive they do exist so when we encounter those people what do we do how do we give them respect so that they can in tune give us the respect that they want to give us, right? Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about all that stuff, y'all. A lot, a lot. And um, creating tools and uh, specifically for my area, I'm in Maryland. So for the the Baltimore, the uh, kind of Baltimore metro area, I'm gonna start kind of reaching out to my peoples. I got tons of people in this area and just creating little pamphlet tools to, to just get us into a place of teaching, you know, and maybe doing some sort of collaboration with uh, local schools or something, right? So that uh, local, also local police departments, because I think they're going to be a very in, integral portion of shifting proper policing. You have to create a system of connection between um, the community and the cops. When I was a kid, cops used to drive by all the time. They would literally stop, get out, and tell us, hey guys, I just wanna let you know, my name is Officer So-and-so, I'm here, I live over here, uh, I, my son is this or my daughter is this, I go to the local games, if anything ever happens and you see my car, you can come over to me, I'm friendly, I will help you. That's how I grew up. That's how I grew up. And I know not a lot of people grew up like that. But if we can create an environment where that is normal, I think that would truly be a start because you would have um, humanized these individuals. They would have humanized us 
as citizens and we would have humanized them as agents of change and protection in our communities. Um, Yeah, so I just had some thoughts about that. I really just wanted to get it out, y'all. I appreciate everybody that took the time to listen to this. Uh, Anxiety. I was really talking about anxiety and somehow, you know, we we moved here, but this is where we had to move. Um, This is where we were to move. Thank you, guys. First episode, we done, y'all. We done. It's over. It's over. I'm going to be creating a platform uh, for the podcast, whether that be a website or some sort of social media outlet um, to have further collaboration and contact with you guys. It's not just going to be in verbal podcast um, style, y'all. It's, it's going to be a little deeper than that. So I appreciate everyone that's taking the time to listen to this 33 almost 34 minute podcast you guys are awesome um be good citizens y'all uh carry out good emotions and and make good decisions y'all i'm gonna go finish trying to get get this clean and done and until episode two peace out promote positivity y'all What's up, y'all? Kelly D's here, creator and founder of Vibe with D's. I am here to let you guys know that podcasting is not the only thing that your girl is doing. I am over on Twitch. I am over on YouTube. I am doing big things as a part-time content creator, video game streamer. My name is Katie's Games. That is K-D-E-E-S. G-A-M-E-Z. Go on and check me out, y'all. It is 21 and up. I say 21 and up because y'all, sometimes 18 is a little young, especially when I'm a 36-year-old, young, gifted, and black woman. We keeping it all the way adult. We play all types of very cool games, first-person shooters like Apex Legends. We also play first-person shooters like Warface. We have variety streams. We have community nights that we have with people. It's all fun, all love. So if you are into content creation and you want to see your girl do some cool things, come on over and vibe with D's at Katie's Games. Again, that is K-D-E-E-S-G-A-M-E-Z on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok.